Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. We've been in a series called The Showdown, and uh, we're not going to stop until kind of God lets up and, and we feel like the season uh, for this series has shifted. But today I want to talk to you from a very simple subject in The Showdown. I want to talk to you about God's plan. I want to commend you all first for your prayers. We have a praying church. Our church has been praying week after week, literally since June until now. We've been having, I think, three prayer services physical a week. I want to thank all of you that signed up to be part of the Sentinel Project, that you've been praying for the last seven weeks, 300 people every day. You've been praying. You've been, you've been fasting once a week. You've been coming out. And I want you to know that I believe that your prayers have been heard. And I think what you see with your physical eyes, you may not, uh, or let me put it this way, what you're able to see with your physical eyes might not be what's happening spiritually But make no mistake, your prayers are having great effect, and I believe they are necessary for this nation, that though we may be few, we are mighty. We had 300 people part of the prayer watch group called Sentinels. What a name. Watchmen, what a name. But 300 were in Gideon's army, and God did something very powerful with that number. I'm believing that God is going to do something very powerful with those prayers. So I just want to commend you for praying and praying faithfully. I think it's incredible. By the way, we're not done praying, so be on watch because we're going to pray all the way through. And there's more prayer to be found even in this story. And I believe the season that we are in can be seen in this scene from the Bible with uh, the prophet Elijah. And so uh, we're not done. We got more work to do. We got more prayers to pray. And we will be the church. Can you say amen? I want you to know this sermon today, uh, I believe, is imperative for the start of this next season. It's It's the same book, but it's a new chapter. And I'm believing this sermon will help start will help direct you in this next season. You might even come back and listen to it a couple different times because this next season will be difficult but necessary. It's going to be difficult, but it's going to be necessary. And I want you to know salvation will not be lessened because of this next season. Salvation will be greatly increased because of this next season where Jesus Christ, his word is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that it will not be shaken, though the earth be shaken, though the government be shaken, though America be shaken, though your family be shaken. The word of God is unshakable, and I believe the word of God will advance. It will continue to move forward, and the word of God has something to say to us today. We've been in the book of First Kings, and we've been reading through the story of Elijah versus the prophets of Baal. The prophets of Baal were the stooges for Jezebel. They were the people that represented Jezebel. Jezebel was in the dark corner. Jezebel was in her palace, but these are the ones that came out front and trumpeted her words. They were the puppets with the words of the princess. And here comes the prophets of Baal, and they have for three and a half years misled the people of Israel. Where there was a drought. Their God, Baal, is supposed to be in charge of the rain, and yet there's a drought, but still they represented themselves as the prophets, as the priests, as the leaders of the nation. They represented those making the the deals in the back rooms. Jezebel, the manipulative witch in the back room, and Ahab, the one who has abdicated his authority in the name of Jesus, the one that should be leading Israel, the one that should be anointed, the one that should be the representative of God to God's people has given over the power of prayer to the princess from another realm. Let me put it this way. He's given over the people's religion to a foreign religion, a religion of culture, of idolatry, of ideology. And there she has deputized these people who are not Israelites, these people who do not know God, these people that have not heard the stories, these people that have no power. She has deputized these 450 prophets of Baal to go out and begin to spread a false gospel throughout the nation to keep the people apathetic. You would think after three and a half years, they would finally begin to pray to another God for rain because obviously this God, Baal, ain't bringing the stuff. But yet for three and a half years, they were pacified by false prophets. They were put into sleep 
put into slumber. And it wasn't until Elijah, the one, the alone, the, the, the sequestered prophet shows up and he says, today is the day and now is the appointed hour. God's plan is being put into effect. Make no mistake, God has a plan. He has always had a plan and he is going to put it into effect. So there are many voices and there's a lot of noise, but I want you to know, be careful who you listen to right now, because there is 450 verse 1. So Elijah confronts the prophets of Baal and he says, let's see whose God will answer by fire. Let's see whose God will answer in a dazzling display of glory. Let's see, let's see something real. Let's see something miraculous. Let's see something supernatural. Let's see heaven invade earth. Let's see it come, come from above, down below. Let's see something real. Forget your ceremonies. Forget your temple. Forget your, your chants. Let's see something real. Because see, Elijah was unafraid of this challenge because he served a righteous God, a real God. And, and as the prophets of Baal, they danced and they shouted and they made all sorts of noise. Do you remember what happened? Elijah laughed at him. And I, 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 as we were preaching through this, I was praying, and I distinctly felt a word from God that I want to remind you. I feel God's saying, I'm going to get the last laugh. I'm going to get the last laugh. And he woke me up a few days ago, uh, a few days after that word, and in some circumstances that were very unique, and he reminded me, I'm still going to get the last laugh. I want you to know God's still going to get the last laugh, that this thing ain't done just yet. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 38, Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the soil, and licked up the water in the trench. And the people's response when they saw this, they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. In the next verse, And Elijah said to the people, Seize the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon, and he slaughtered them there. I want you to know, God has a plan. God has a plan. And I believe that his plan is supernatural. I believe his plan is mighty. I believe his plan is still in effect. I believe you are a part of his plan. And you are going to see fire from heaven. A dazzling display of divine intervention. I'm not done preaching this message. I believe we're going to see something that could only come from God. And I want you to know we are in the moment when God moves. We are in the moment when God moves. What's going on? It's confusing. What's happening? We're in the moment when God moves. This seems unnatural because it's supernatural. It seems like we've got no stability, no authority. Seems like everything is overturned. You are in the moment when God moves. And it may take time. But I want you to hear me. God is taking over. It may take time, but God is taking over. So here's the word that I have to say to our church today. To people all over the globe that are listening in, that are part of the awakening. This is the word that I feel God spoke to me and has been resonating in my spirit. And I want to, stay, I want to speak to you. The word is this. Stand back and watch. Stand back and watch. For the fire will fall, and it will not be because of you. It's God's moment. It's God's time. It's God's glory. So stand back and watch the wonders of God. Watch the works of his hands. Watch how he rescues things. Watch how he turns things around. Stand back and watch. For the wheels are in motion, and the tracks have been laid, and God has set the pace. He set the course. He set the direction. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17 says this, you need not fight this battle, so take your positions. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. I'm going to read that verse again. You need not fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. So do not be afraid, and do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. 
Hear me, church. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Do not be demoralized. Do not be down. Do not be downcast in your heart. Do not be downcast in your soul. I want you to look at me right now. Do I look shook to you? Do I look nervous to you? I pray that my faith gets on you. I want you to hear me from my heart. I am not nervous. I am not afraid. I want you to know I am not confused. And you say, well, Jordan, what special insight do you have? None. I know a good God. I have no prophetic insight beyond I know a good God. Well, what what backroom deals? Well, what have you heard? Well, what have you seen online? Nothing. But I know a good God. I've read in the Old Testament. I've read in the New Testament. I've seen in my life. I've seen in the life of those around me that God is faithful to those who are faithful to him. And by the way, he who blesses Israel, God will bless. I know that God is still working on our behalf. So church, pick your head up. Look people straight in the eye. Smile again. Choose joy. Because if you knew the end of the book, you would read it differently. If you had seen this movie already, you would watch it differently. If you had known the outcome and the score of this game, you would not be so nervous. Take your kids to the park. Go for a drive. Turn on the music. Eat a good meal. Stand back and watch the wonders of God. See his salvation come at hand. You need not fight this battle, but take your positions. What does that mean? Preparation. On, on Wednesday or, or Thursday, I was coming into the church building, and, and uh, I was going to, to open the door. And I don't know if it's something about just being on the grounds or something about the holy ground. But as I was opening the door, I felt a sense of peace come over me that, that was tangible. It was almost physical. I felt it. And I was looking at the shadow of the Awakening logo on the ground, and I just felt like God's going to bring an awakening. Like, there's, there's something coming. And I don't even know if it's revival. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know when but I can just like I can't speak for I can just speak for me I felt peace come over me deep in my soul like dripping oil and from that moment this is this is what I heard God say to me prepare but not in the negative and not in fear but almost like prepare for if I'm gonna do something awesome would you be ready to ride this wave like that, that's the sense I got. Prepare to make the most of, of, of a moment that I'm going to intervene in, that I'm going to set apart, that I'm going to do. I, I don't know what that means to you. Listen, I, I hope you're prepared for the worst, but I want you to expect the best. And, and, and beyond that, I want you to know the storm clouds will pass and the sun will shine again. And I don't want you just prepare for the storm. I want you to prepare for the sun as well. I know that God has something good. We as a church, we're going to be prepared. I don't even know what that looks like yet but I'm excited to find out. I don't even know what it means, you know, but I'm excited to find out. I'm going to be prepared for the good things that God has coming for. He has never once abandoned his people. He is not going to begin now. He says yes and amen. He has good things, and I believe that the fire of the Lord is beginning to fall. Then the fire of the Lord fell. When the fire begins to fall, what happens? What happens? We as Christians, we use that phrase, fire, fall down. We see it in the Old Testament. We see it with Elijah. We see it at Mount Sinai. We see it in Acts chapter 2. But can I ask you, when the fire begins to fall, what will that look like? Because we're, we're using human language to describe a spiritual happening. But, but, but understand that, that something's going to begin to come. And it will be spiritual, but it's going to show itself, manifest itself physically. The fire is going to begin to come down. One thing I know about fire is it brings illumination. Fire brings light. Here's the reality. The darkness is the enemy of the light. It hates the light. It rages against the light. The Bible even says that it does not understand. It cannot comprehend, nor can it overcome the light. Don't forget the statement Jesus makes. He says, I am the light of the world. He is the all-consuming fire, Hebrews says. For our God is an all-consuming fire. Fire has many representations in Scripture. It purifies. It cleanses. It clears. It consumes. It eliminates. It reveals. But you know what else it does? It brings light. It brings light. 
fire reveals. When the fire begins to come, you are going to be able to see things more clearly. You're going to begin to see things maybe that you weren't supposed to see more clearly. What does it say? The light is the best disinfectant. They say the best security guard is a good light. Light begins to open up the realm so that what was going to be done in the shadows now has to be done out in the light. It's the best disinfectant. And I believe that, that as God begins to move spiritually, light is going to come physically. It's going to begin to come on places where it hasn't been in a long time, where darkness thought it ruled. God overrules. And I believe that light is on its way. I want, to, I want you to see these two verses. The Bible says, Jesus says, For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest. Manifest. Nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. He goes on and says this in chapter 12, what you, uh, what you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. And what you have whispered in the ear of the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. Nothing's hidden from God. Nothing's secret from God. And God's even saying more than that. He's letting us know, I will reveal it. I will reveal it. It is hubris to think we can get away with things done in the dark. I love that it says in the inner rooms, as if you can escape God. As if there can be layers of security between you and the air of the Almighty. As if you can sweep for bugs. As if you can try and make it quiet. As if you can put it in a secret place and only spoken terms. But the Lord hears and the Lord will shout what was supposed to never be spoken. He will reveal the things that were never supposed to come to light. When the fire begins to come, so there will be revelations of things that will be shocking to witness. And so I guess my thought to you, church, is watch what God will bring to light in the coming weeks. It will be shocking. It will be difficult, but it will be necessary. Watch what God will bring to light in the coming weeks. I want you to hear me. This is a sermon, but it's more of a prophetic picture or a prophetic declaration. And if I'm wrong on this sermon, great. Bookmark it. Come back and leave a comment in three months. But I want you to hear me, church. I believe that God, the Bible says God, God does nothing without revealing it to his prophets. And I'm not saying I am a prophet, but I am saying that God will speak through his people. And I do feel a prophetic flow right now that I'm trying to share what's on my heart. And I'm trying to say, does it resonate in your heart? You have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. And, you has a, and it resonates with you. The Holy Spirit has a, has a resonance. I don't know how to describe it any other way. Almost like a musical resonance where when, when your spirit comes alignment with his spirit, all of a sudden you get on the same wavelength. And that God gives you as an indicator where if you hear a lie, it always is dissonant. A lie is always kind of has, a lie brings discord. It always is dissonant. It has a different sound. It has a different rhythm. And, and, and it can't come into rhythm with the Holy Spirit. That's why if you're filled with gossip or you're filled with manipulation or you're filled with lies, you can't speak with truth because truth has a sound. It has a flow. It has a rhythm. The Holy Spirit has given you that to help you align your life to the rhythms of God's Spirit. More than that, he says, now use that for discernment. When you hear someone speak, does it follow the rhythm? I've heard it said, that doesn't sound like God. Because he's got a sound. What you hear on TV, check it by your spirit. What you hear from different prophets and priests, check it by your spirit. What you hear from your mother-in-law, check it by your spirit. Right now, more than ever. So even what you hear from me, check it by your Holy Spirit. Check it by the Word of God. Does it come into rhythm? I believe what's coming in the next few weeks will be very, very difficult, but very necessary. 2020, it's the year of vision. But we've seen some things we really didn't want to see. It's the year of vision. But what do you do when you see things and you don't like what you're seeing? It's the year of clarity. And we have seen too much. We are seeing our government for what it is. And it seems like, did we have an illusion of something? Were we looking through a filter that maybe was skewing reality? It's been difficult when you see people for what they are. We have neighbors calling on each other because there's 12 people at the barbecue. 
You say, no, no, I wanted to see clearly. I didn't want to see it like that. I didn't want to see the reality of my neighbors calling us because 12 people are at a barbecue or kids are playing on a slide. Quick, quick, get the police down here. Kids on the slide. No, I don't want that kind of clarity. I don't want that kind of clarity. Or what about yourself? You want 2020 vision and God says, okay. You want revelation? Here's what you look like. And you say, oh, ooh. I got a lot more to work on than I thought I had to work on. You went into 2020 thinking, you know, I'm, I'm figuring some things out. I'm getting my life right. Then 2020 hits and it's like you take the glasses off or put the glasses on. I'm not quite sure which direction you're going, but all of a sudden you see yourself. You're like, whoa. I've got some emotional stuff to work on or, 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 or I've got some addictions that, that I, I have allowed maybe. Or, 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 or made, made, made room for, space for, justified. And God says, you want to you progress? You want to move forward? You got to deal with this thing. You say, well, God, I haven't dealt with it for five years. Yeah, it's 2020 vision, though. I'm showing, I'm lifting it right in front of your face. You know, maybe, maybe there's even been trauma in your life. And you say, why, why this year? It's 20 years old. Why this year? I think there's something to 2020 vision. I just think it's not what we expected. But God says, no, I can see it. Now you can see it. But now let's get healed from it. Let's get healed from it. God is bringing this nation even to a time where we're going to see some things that maybe we don't like what we see. But it is necessary for us to see it. It is necessary for it to come out of the dark, hidden, secret godless places and into the light. So I want to ask you, church, in a supernatural sense, what do you see? What do the ears of your heart hear? And maybe you say nothing. Can I tell you why? Because you've had, you've had TV on too much. You know, you think it's interesting that TV is called programming you, you, you've been programmed a bit. You need to turn this thing off. You've got to turn the white noise of it off. Listen, to hear with your heart and to see with your spiritual eyes. I'm, I'm the first person that doesn't work for a news corporation that you have seen all week. Isn't it true? I am the first person that's not wearing some stupid tie, bow tie, that you've seen all week. Listen, I'm not saying you should be uninformed, but what I'm saying is there's what's happening, then there's what's really happening. There's the natural, but then there's the supernatural. And this over here can only be heard by the Spirit. It only can be found by by your heart. It can only be seen with eyes of faith. And, and, And I'm praying that our church operates over here. Because over here, you're going to get some faith. You're going to be the only person smiling in stop and shop. And I'm not just saying today because you're saying I'm smiling today. I'm saying in the coming weeks and months. I'm saying in the coming weeks and months. There's some people smiling today. But in the coming weeks and months, I, I believe, and I hope this is not true, but I believe we're entering into a very difficult phase. You think 2020 is over? You think it's over just because someone got elected? I did air quotes because we don't know. Everything is up in the air. Fox News ain't in charge. Who the heck is in charge? What is going on? Haven't you noticed that 2020, everything is not as it seems? And don't we all sense it that something else is going on here? All of us, and we can't figure out what the heck is happening. I'm trying to speak to you in supernatural terms, that there's something going on in the supernatural. There is a good versus evil. There is a light versus dark. There is a strange versus versus God. 
There, 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 there is an unhealthy versus healthy. And what I'm saying is if you are just going to operate in the natural, I believe the next few months are going to be very difficult for you. But if you don't operate in fear and you choose to hear, to think, to speak, to believe in faith, if you choose not to allow fear to become your guide, but you allow faith to, to witness to your heart, I believe you are going to have a very different experience over the next few months. And hear me, Christians are going to be needed in the next few months. Christians are going to be needed. People that know scripture and know God are going to be needed. And, and, and so I, I want you to hear me. What I believe is happening is I believe right now we are seeing a revelation of unclean spirits. And we're going to see it increasingly, a revelation of unclean spirits. This is the nicest I can, I can phrase this, because I don't know if your kids are in that room. I don't want to freak people out. But we're going to see a revelation of unclean spirits uh, that are trying, and maybe have, come on our nation. And, and, and we've been speaking about this. This isn't new. Everyone you know that has any spiritual sense can tell you 2020 has had some spiritual warfare going on. And, and, and make no mistake, that war is not over. I, I believe we're entering into the, the final battle. I, I believe we're entering into a new aspect of it, but it is not over because there is something hovering over. Uh, it's over D.C., but it's over the nation. There is something hovering over leaders and pastors, and it's, and it's hovering over churches, and it's hovering over Christians. No wonder you had the most difficult time of your life this year. I'm telling you, you have been targeted by the enemy, but I believe you are lifted by grace. I believe that there's been a bubble of protection over your life, a hedge of protection over your life. And yes, we are in spiritual warfare, but I believe that God is doing something, and I believe that wars can be won. But, but you understand that, that spirits, unclean spirits, that are ungodly spirits, they can come on nations. You understand that, right? When Daniel was, was praying, his prayers were being thwarted, pushed back by a demon that, that called himself the prince of Persia. He had authority over an empire. And it took Gabriel to get Michael. I mean, this sounds like, this sounds like almost like science fiction. Gabriel had to go get Michael, the warring archangel, to fight through. And it took Daniel fasting for weeks. For weeks. So that he could fight through with the message. And then he says, now I'm leaving to fight my way back out. Assuming that's going to take weeks. There is a world that is as real as our world. It has as tangible, it has rules and laws and principles just like our world has. Just because you cannot see it does not make it not real. You cannot see with your physical eyes in the depths of the ocean, and that's in our world, yet it is so real. It exists, it's tangible. There is a spiritual world, and I'm telling you, there has been many times throughout history where God has had to intervene, where there has been supernatural happenings going on that are reflected and reverberated on earth. That's what's happening right now. And, 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 and where do you think war even comes from? It comes from a supernatural agitation. I'm not, I'm not trying to freak you out. I'm just saying there are spirits that can come over nations and they stir up men's hearts for bloodshed and violence and hatred because that doesn't come from God. It doesn't come from peace, from the Holy Spirit. It's got to come from some other spirit because we know the fruit of our spirit. It's love, joy, peace. So when you have the Holy Spirit resting on you and on your country, you're not itching for war, but there are spirits that are itching for war. I don't even want to get into it, but believe me, people who aren't even Christians understand this. What do you think Greek mythology captured? They understood that there are, is something out there that's infiltrating and moving. And, and, and so I'm, I'm saying all this to say, I'm saying all this to say, there, there, there are different spirits that have come on nations before. There's spirits that have came on Persia. Spirits that came on World War II on Germany, on, on, on Italy, on the USSR, on China. There are spirits that can come on nations and one's trying to come on America. Trying to come on America and it's trying to stir up disunity. You think a political party can bring unity to this nation? We need the Holy Spirit. We need a different spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to come on this nation. There are spirits that have come on nations, and, and I don't know what the ancient or the spiritual term is for whatever this spirit is that got on Nazi Germany. I don't know what it's known 
for and in the spiritual realm. They're, they're named in the spiritual realm, but I, I, don't, I don't know on the USSR. I don't know what got on China, but I, I can tell you the name we know for the spirit that tried to get on Persia to murder the Jews in the time of Esther. The spirit that came on, on Italy, came on, on Germany, came on China. It's the spirit of socialism. Spirit of socialism. It is a demonic spirit. It is a hateful spirit. I don't know. I mean, that's the name we know it by. But really, it's an anti-Christ spirit. Because it's anti-Christ, it's anti-human. And socialism personifies itself through different, through different um, practices. So you might know it as fascism or communism or whatever, but it's from the same seed. And this is what socialism does. It replaces God with government. And that's why it's evil. That's why it comes on nations, because it tries to infiltrate political realms to gain power and replace God with Baal. This is what came on Persia. This is what Haman did. So Haman sees Mordecai. Everyone bows to Haman except Mordecai. And that spirit began to raise, rise up in Haman, second in command to Xerxes. Began to rise up a hateful thing. And he says, I'm going to force that man on his knees because this demonic spirit does, it does not want tolerance. It does not want, it does not okay with disagreement. It wants complete and total submission. Complete and total submission. He says, I'm going to get that man on his knees. And if I can't get the man on his knees, I'm going to get his people on their knees. And so because Mordecai was a Jew, this spirit says, I'm coming after the Jews. And who's the king of the Jews? It's an antichrist spirit. He's coming after the people to force them on their knees. And so here comes an edict that he, that he tricks the king, he tricks the government into. And he says, hey, I'll make you rich if you will just write this edict. I want you to know that's always the way. There will come blessings into the kingdom if you will just write this edict. There are people, he says to Xerxes, who stand out and have different ways than our ways and they have a different God than our God and they deserve to die. Make no mistake, that spirit is alive and well and is trying to say the same thing whispering lies into politicians, people in high places because there is a people that are set apart, that are holy, that we live different, we believe different, we act different. There is a people and in the name of sameness and in the name of equity it says, because you all must become the same, I will force that sameness upon you. How dare you stand out? How dare you believe differently? How dare you stand up for your God-given rights? And you say, no, those rights are government-given. Ah. When government becomes God, that's when we have a problem. That's from that spirit. Make no mistake. Our rights come from God. And the government recognizes them. And if they don't, we still have them. Because they come from God. And so, and so Haman enacted this edict, this written statement, that on a certain day we are going to allow the nation to round up and murder those people called the Jews. But God had an inside man, really an inside woman. God had a plan. I want you to know God has a plan. I want you to know God has a plan. The enemy has a plan. And this spirit of socialism is going to try to come on our nation and shut down churches and shut down freedom of religion and shut down freedom of assembly. It's already begun. Just watch how quickly the, the faces change of those that spoke tolerance. Watch how quickly it changes. Watch. Watch and observe. But, but make no mistake that God has a plan. He's got an inside man. And in that time, it was an inside woman. It was Esther who was prepared beforehand, placed in a place of position and honor and authority that she might go before the king, expose the plots of the enemy, stand up in a crucial hour. And I want you to know there is a woman in America that has been put there by God. She is the bride of Jesus Christ. She is the church. She must gather. She must speak. She must pray. She must stand. She must do what she is called to do. She says, if I die, I die. But for such a time as this, I've got to be who God made me to be, position me to be. Because make no mistake, if this spirit that got on Haman, this spirit that got on Hitler, this spirit that got on Stalin, if this thing gets to get on the nation, we will die. So we might as well make our stand now. 
If it gets on them, the church will get shut down, and the church already is shut down. So we might as well gather now. We might as well take every single chance that we got and say, whatever happens, happens. But I will worship Jesus with all that I've got. Gather, church. Gather, and you say, well, I'm afraid. Do not serve fear. That's another spirit. That also is unworthy of you. Unworthy of your calling. Make no mistake, there is a spirit that comes on men that will try and push people, push mankind into the dirt. Its plan is death, but its plan will be superseded by God. And God's plan is life in the name of Jesus. Awakening in the name of Jesus. And there will maybe be difficulty in this battle. I don't want to lead you astray. I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm not telling you all is going to be good. But I am saying that in the end, God will win. And you will overcome. And there may be times of great difficulty, but you are set up for this. As an ambassador of Jesus Christ. And I believe that God will even use chaos to further his plan in America. But make no mistake, there's an unclean spirit that has been trying to come on this nation. And it didn't just try and come on today. It's been probably trying to come on for a generation or generations. But really, I believe it's tried to infiltrate through this Trojan horse of of COVID. I'm not saying that that's not a real thing. I'm just saying that the enemy will use any opportunity. And and, and, uh, in this past year, it's been trying to come on on this nation. and, and, uh, and, And the church of Jesus Christ must stand and must prophetically pray and cast it out. It's a spirit. It can get cast out. Listen, there's a process to how unclean spirits that try and come on. You know, you've heard the word possession. Really, it should be oppression. Spirits trying to come on and oppress people and nations. But when Jesus shows up and Jesus' people show up, they can cast out unclean spirits cast off unclean spirits. And there's always a process to the casting off of unclean spirits. And this antichrist spirit, we'll call it socialism. Maybe that's not the best definition. And make no mistake, it's not the only one. It's got a lot of cousins and a lot of friends that it's bringing with it. You know, but but, but this antichrist spirit that's trying to come on, it must be cast off. The first thing that you will see every single time, Old Testament, New Testament, when a spirit comes on someone is that it manifests. It shows itself. And when it does, it's chaotic. It's noisy. It, 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 it makes you almost backpedal. It makes you say, what is going on? If you notice, many times it will cause a pain to self, self-inflicted pain. It wants attention. It wants, it wants fear. It, it's got no in, inhibitions. It, 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 it almost makes, it, makes a person lose their mind. And let me tell you, if you scale that up on a national level, we have been in the midst of a manifestation. We have been in the midst of a chaos. We have been in the midst of something going on that we are saying, this is not natural. And you say, Jordan, I've never heard you speak like this. Well, we've never been in an hour like this. And and I just need for you to understand, if this is the last sermon that I'm able to preach you for a couple weeks, and I'm not saying it is, I don't know. I sure hope I get a couple more weeks. I feel like we've been going all the way through this thing. And I hope we go all the way through 2021. But if things get a little dicey, if things get a little strange, let me at least rest in the fact that I told you the complete truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. There's a manifestation But then so it also identifies itself. Every single time Jesus went to cast this thing out, it told its name. It tried to tell where it came from. It tried to tell where it's coming from. And it said, my name is Legion. As I'm saying, we're going to find out just exactly what we're dealing with in the next few weeks. Now, if this doesn't happen, then we might actually be in the end of the end times. But if God will grant a reprieve to his people and our children, if God will bring grace on the other side, then I know that all of this is God's doing to rip this thing off of our nation. And it's going to show its face. Get ready. The mask is about to come off and we are going to see it in all of its ugly glory. But we know that this spirit is not greater than the Holy Spirit, that he who is within you is greater than he who is within the world. It does have some some power, but it is not all powerful. It does have some presence, but it is not the presence of God. This thing is manifesting. It's going to probably identify itself in the coming weeks and months. But here's the third part is when the people show up. Those with true authority, when the presence of Jesus shows up, it must submit to God's authority. And here's the reality. I believe there is a spiritual attack, but I believe in the end, 
If the people will be faithful and pray that it will submit to God's authority. For darkness shall not overcome us. Death will not be our portion. America was born in rebellion. It was born in rebellion. I hope there's still a little bit of that magic left. That good rebellion. Freedom of religion. I hope that's in us. My son, he had a tick get buried in his, in his scalp a couple weeks ago. And when we went to go pull it out, you know, you try and find it and try and burn it off. And you try and do all the different things. And finally, after we tried a bunch of different stuff, we got magnifiers and the tweezers. And my dad was helping and he was losing it. And, uh, and I was seeing this tick. And the more my dad pulled, the more this thing dug in. The more he pulled, you could see this tick begin to extend its arms into my, into my son's scalp and try and pull its head further and further in. And it was a wrestling process, this little, little tiny thing versus a whole, whole human. And there was a wrestling process. And, and, and this is what we're in the midst of right now. There is something that has gotten to the system. There is something that's gotten to the bloodstream. There is a spirit that should have never been let in. There's a spirit that should have never, ever got in. But maybe because of the apathy or the slumber of the church, maybe because this was always the plan, it has gotten in. But make no mistake, God is pulling this thing out. And you say, well, why does it feel so difficult? Because it's been so deep. But make no mistake, there's going to be healing, that God's going to come, that he's going to cover that thing. And whatever was supposed to be uh, uh, leached out of America, leaching out the faith, leaching out the hope, leaching out the, the, the future, I'm telling you, God is going to restore tenfold that which was taken and that which what was supposed to be taken. Healing will come, but first the surgery. You might say, well, you know what? I'd rather just the cancer stay because at least I won't have to go under the knife. But the cancer has been killing us slowly for a long time. And I see God saying, I am the divine surgeon. And this is going to hurt, but I'm coming in to do something very powerful. Now, if this doesn't happen the way that I, I sense it might happen and many prophets do and many people do, then okay. Then the church is going to be the church no matter what. And I'm fearless then either. Revival is going to come either by fire or by rain. But I have read the end of the book and I know the end of the story. And I want to give you a spoiler alert. The fire comes down and then the rain shows up. And I'm believing that the rain is going to show up in the church. That God's going to... Reestablish our authority, but now is not the time to cower or be afraid or disappear or shut our doors. Now is the time to be the church. And let me say it this way. Now is the time to be the church wherever you're at. Because even if we're not able to gather in the next coming weeks or months, you're the church. May you be saying, well, what, well, what should I do? Simple. I want you to keep your faith engaged. I want you to keep your faith engaged. I want you to remember who you are, that you're called by God. Hebrews 11 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance. It's substantial. It's got weight. You can sense faith. You can sense when you don't have faith, but you can sense when you have faith. It, faith is the substance of hope. It, we don't have blind hope or ridiculous hope. We, there's substance to our hope. There's a feel to it. There's a sound to it. There's a weight to it. That's called faith. And that's the evidence of things that we can't see, but are real. I want you to keep your faith. I want you to not lose your faith. I want you to not give up your faith. I want to encourage you to keep your faith up and have faith for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, not from. I don't have faith from society, faith from the difficulty, faith from the battle. I got faith for society, faith for the battle, faith for the future. This faith is my evidence that I still got hope. That God still got me. That though I might not see it with my physical eyes, I can sense it with my spiritual eyes. And one day I will see it with my physical eyes. The enemy's goal is despondency, down, demoralized, frustration. But keep your faith up. Hebrews 11, you got faith for the future. And if there be darkness that may come, understand that the light is behind the clouds. 
and that the light will win. Can you say amen? You know, at the end of the story, um, or, you know, maybe we're not at the end, but when, when the fire came down, if you remember in this moment that uh, the people gave their hearts back to God. There was just, there was just a, a national shift through this fire. But do you remember what happened afterwards? They, they looked at the false prophets, and they felt betrayed. They felt betrayed that you led us astray, that, that, you, that you, you walked us onto a wrong path, that you led us into, into, into destruction. The people were betrayed by the false prophets. When the fire came down, they knew it was God. But then they looked at the prophets and said, we trusted you. You said that if we followed you and, 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 and if we listened to you and if we, we believed in you and if we paid you, then fire would come. What was it? It was a national betrayal. A national multi-year betrayal. And they said, you were the voice that we were listening to. But they weren't the voice of God. And they were enraged. And they were frustrated. And they had every right to be, of course. Because how dare these people? How dare they stand as if they're standing under heaven and speak with authority that they do not have? Represent a God that does not exist. And all the while they're getting fat at Jezebel's table. As the people are starving at their own. And there was this, this, this sense of betrayal. And they said, that's it. And they rose up and they slaughtered the prophet. And understand, I'm not calling for the slaughtering of anything. Because our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But we do have a struggle, and it is against principalities and powers and rulers in dark places. So what I'm saying is when the fire begins to call, come down, when there's revelation, when God begins to consume these things, when this stuff comes out in the open, when people begin to feel betrayed, when people begin to feel like, what the heck have I been believing this whole time? Understand that you should rise up and silence those voices. They should never have a say in your life ever again. And I believe this is God's goal, that the nation will begin to rise up and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and put to death the voices that are anti-Christ, that are ungodly, that are powerless and authorityless. The voices of for-profit news, big tech, dead religion, anti-God institutions, they no longer should have a say among us. And you say, Jordan, this sermon seems a couple, couple weeks premature. Come back and listen to it again. Come back and listen to this again. That the people will rise up. When they wake up, they will rise up. And they will turn on those things that lulled them to sleep. When you meet someone that's really got saved, they have some pretty hardcore convictions. You know, like they won't even go to the movies anymore. You know? And you say, what happened to you? What happened was they were asleep, and when they woke up, there was a righteous anger in them. And then we try and formalize that. Oh, you don't like that song? No one should listen to that song. That's legalism. That's legalism. When you try and take what is a spiritual revelation, and you try and turn it into a system that everyone's supposed to, to listen to. And, and I don't want to speak about that. That's another sermon for another time. That leads to dead religion. But when it's real is when you wake up and you say, never again. Never again will I follow you. Never again will mammon be my God. Never again will Moloch get my future. Never again will Baal get my worship. When you stand up and you say, never again will the news be my guide. Never again will education get my adoration. Never again. These things that should not be venerated as gods have been put in a high place in our nation. And now is the time when they fall, I pray that people rise up and say, never again will those voices speak to us. That a fierceness will rise on the church. Pray a fierceness rises on the church. And it better rise quickly. It better rise quickly. I wrote this on Wednesday or Thursday night, 
And it's a prophetic word that I feel God gave me, and I'm just going to read it over you. And I, I want you to save this sermon. I want you to go back to it over the coming weeks and coming months. And, and I, I hope it encourages you. I hope it even helps make some sense to some of the things that are probably going on you know, right now in our nation. Because what is happening is not what is happening. It's almost like we're in a Truman show. It's almost like, it's almost like those, those movie sets where it looks, like, it looks like a town until you look on the other side and it's just a thin veneer being held up. That, that's the world we're being presented right now. But make no mistake, the wind's going to come and that stuff's going to fall. And when it falls, I pray that you're there to help lead people to the one true God. This is the prophetic word that I wrote. Watch as I exposed their prophecies that did not come from me. They had a lying tongue. They spoke from filled bellies from the table of Jezebel. They ate her delicacies and desired her favor. So they spoke her words and not mine, says the Lord. They chased after silver and gold and cast aside the word of God. These false prophets exchanged the nation for personal gain. And they thought they would get away with it. But I will come with fire. And the look on their faces will be horror. I will answer the prayer of my people. And I will consume their sacrifice. And I will heal their land. I will do it. No man can claim credit, says the Lord. I will draw from the lips of my people my name once again. And the whole world will be astonished at what I will do. Then my people will rise up and demolish those that drew them away from me and enchanted them into slumber. No one will be spared, and those that remain will be blessed with rain, the favor that falls from heaven. So do not listen to the daily prophets now. Do not continually give them your ear. Draw close to me. Become a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to me. And I will come upon you again, my people. Watch and see. For the Lord, he is good, faithful to a thousand generations. He watches over his city of Jerusalem, and those who bless it, he blesses. And those who curse it, he curses. And he will bless this nation and not allow it to come to ruin. He will also bless his people. And the congregation will shout in unison with one voice, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.